Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Paris, and I am the creator and host of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here to tune in and hear my amazing guests and I describe the ways we can leverage and shift our mindsets to take the best possible care of our mental health. I launched the podcast as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for this all stemmed from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and my MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I launched Master Your Mental to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. You guys might be wondering, what does the mental stand for? Well, it stands for mindset, engagement, nutrition, talk about it, accountability, and love yourself. These are all the building blocks that make up what Master Your Mental is all about. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on any one of my social media platforms you guys can find in the link in my bio on my Instagram at master your mental. Now let's get into the episode guys. Hello guys, and welcome to episode number eight of season two of the master your mental podcast. As you guys can see, we are going to be getting into coaching for creatives to remove blocks. And of course, I'm not going to be getting into this topic alone. I have an incredible guest who's going to be joining me in just a minute here to get into this topic. I'm not going to tell you guys who he is because I will be introducing you to him in just a minute, but he's such a cool guy. We're going to be hearing a lot about his story, his work, and what he does to help coach creatives to remove obstacles and roadblocks and different challenges that they have in front of them when they are trying to do something or create something in that process. So I really wanted to do this episode because this is something that not only hits home for me, but hits home for many people that I know that I associate with, that I do different projects with, that I have friendships with and relationships with all the things because when you are a creative, so that can be anything, right? So you can be a writer, artist, producer, podcaster, YouTuber, any of that, right? So you're a creative and you have this thing that you do, these things that you create. But sometimes when we're in that process of doing that, we have blocks that come up that can prevent us from be from doing our thing, right. From being in flow, from getting these things done and from being able to even do it. So I have my awesome guest here who is going to be joining me in this conversation. We're going to be talking about how to shift from being focused on problems to focus more on opportunities with a really cool exercise that he does with me and is in a walk you guys through as well. And he also gets into the ability to decide. So looking at the ability and the things that we have control over when it comes to being able to control our thinking and to control how we respond or react to situations. So let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the moment that you have all been waiting for. You guys, you need to get ready for this because I have a really awesome guest. So allow me to introduce you 
two, my friend, internationally recognized author, speaker, fitness professional, drumstick artist, and the trusted authority of musician wellness coming to us all the way from the beautiful foothills of the Rocky mountains in high river, Alberta, please welcome to the virtual stage, the rock doctor, Mike Schwartz. The crowd goes wild. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. This is awesome. I know I, you guys. Okay. So a little backstory. So Mike is someone that's a really cool dude. We met on Instagram. I went on his podcast and we've been trying to plan a day and time for him to come on mine. And we finally made it happen because it's here. We are live. Well, you guys are hearing this after the fact, but we're live right now. And we are going to be chatting about coaching for creatives to remove blocks today. And I love this topic because I was talking to Mike and I was like, Hey, like we have the episode today. Like, what do you want to get into? Like what topics should we get into? And he sent me like this awesome thread of stuff. And I'm like sitting there reading it. I'm like, this is such a good idea because you know, a lot of people, especially people who are like creative and, and do different things like that have blocks that come up that like prevent us or like, it's an obstacle that like gets in the way. And we're like, Oh, like I want to do this thing. I want to write this book. I want to put this play out to the world. I want to make this song. And then it's like, for some reason, you're just not in that zone. You can't get into like focus with it. And it's like, you feel like you're in a funk or something is preventing you from doing the thing that you want to do. So we got Mike here. We're going to get into this topic and he is definitely the dude for that. So tell us a little bit about this. Like, why do you think sometimes, uh, people who are trying to, whether it's do, do a project or something like, why do you think these blocks come up? Wow. Well, first off, like awesome, awesome intro. I love the prelude on that too, just because there, it is such a huge piece. Now, I'm a storyteller. Now, if you don't mind, I'd love to, I'd love to share my experience on that. Of course. Because it's, it's just, it's so profound. Like I, I'm just like any other creative being a musician myself, Los Cabos, drumstick artist, soul tone symbols. I mean, with, with those types of things, you get certain amounts of pressure. And what I found, um, this, this kind of gives you the, how the rock doctor became, I was playing in a band here in Calgary, just North of my town, my current town here, Calgary, Alberta stampede city and we were we were a really great band we had radio play and for whatever reason we thought it was a great idea to do a a, a little western tour into british columbia and play uh, i think it was like a, a week-long tour now for any creatives any musicians any artists out there oftentimes the end is the hardest part you know you're almost there you're almost there and then something happens Oh, you know, and for me, what that was, was the band, we, we played our kickoff show in town, we played an awesome show, this divey little bar, like one of the rites of passage, passage kind of places, like just a dump, awesome spot, though, just a great vibe. And we play that show, and we kicked its ass, and we get back out outside, and we're like, all right, guys, we got to go get the U-Haul, we got to go, you know, who, where are we meeting, doing all this, and then two of the guys go, nah, we're done, literally, just like that. What? I'm like, oh, funny, right? Yeah, cool. You mean like after the tour, right? And you could see on their face, they were not shitting me. Oh, and and wow. I'm sitting there going, we're a five piece dudes. And my, my songwriting guitarist and the bassist were peace. 
so I had my lead singer and I had my lead guitarist and me on drums. I'm sitting there going like, you're you're fucking kidding me, right? Like you guys can't like, and immediately this like overwhelming anxiety came over uh, because I'm sitting there going like, that's my, that's our, that's our opportunity. What the, are you kidding me? We're on radio. We've got these dates. We have to be in Kelowna, BC in 12 hours. What do you mean you're quitting? And then we've got five other stops on the way back. Like, cool, dudes, I get it. We can talk about this after the tour, right? And no, no, we're not going to be there. And they just up and left. Never saw them again. Like, didn't. I think, man, we we caught up for drinks maybe four years ago or so just to kind of see how everybody's doing, you know, you know, handshake, big hug, you know, bro it out. But man, at the time, that piece that was a block. Let me tell you, that was a big block. At that time, I, I quit music. I, I dove hard into going into trying to be a professional athlete as a, as a long track speed skater skating for my, my nation here. Because that was one thing that I knew. And I'm sure there's some listeners out there. After that experience, I, I became so jaded with music because I was relying on four other people to get to get me to where I wanted to be. And when you're doing that as, a, as an artist you know, you go and you put out your, your, your gift and then people don't respond the way that you think that's an issue. And it's, it's an issue that you're in complete control of, right? I didn't, I, in retrospect, I could have handled that a lot, a lot better. I could have, you know, sat with it and breath and, and movement and, and really helped myself get through that moment. But in that moment, I was like, F this, throw my hands up. I'm doing something where only I'm in power of my result. And that's speed skating where I'm against me and the clock. That's it. Nobody else can get in my way of my results. I'm in complete control. So I get it from an artist perspective. When you're putting your art out there, it can be really daunting because you're thinking, what if they don't like it? What if, what if, what if? And here's the here's the real challenge is that we catastrophize all of the what ifs. When was the last time you thought, what if I made a million dollars? What if this is the best thing I ever did with my life? What? When was the last time we ever thought about that? No, we always go to the dark side and that's where the conversation can go. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on that, where there's artists out there, there's creative roadblocks, even for people wanting to start their own podcast, mm-hmm. start their own book, start their own. I know I'm, I'm hitting all the head, nails on the head here with you, Paris. So I was like, <laughs> like it's it's so it's so applicable to so many people because they think they can't do something because of what others are telling them. Yeah. No, I love that so much and especially when you brought up that point when you were saying when people don't respond or react how you expect them to or how you want them to, right? And and then what do you do about that? Because like you just said, you know, if you're a person out there and you're listening and you want to, you know, you have a dream or a goal and you're like, "Hey, I would really like to start a podcast or I'd really like to write a book or I'd really like to write a song or something." You have this thing you want to do, but then you're like, "But people won't listen or they won't care or they'll think I'm dumb or something, or I don't know what I'm doing, or they're not going to like even want to talk about it. And I feel like that's very true. And it's a very real thing because, you know, I went through that. I experienced that with my podcast and with my book that's almost done is in the process of being completed as we speak, starting tomorrow. Um, the design team's getting to work on that, but I want it, but I had a lot, and I feel like it's normal to have that, you know, to have these fears and hesitations and things that make us feel overwhelmed and stressed out. We people get like that. Like we're humans. We're not 
you know, pieces of paper, you know? Mm, So we're going to have these things that come up when we're trying to do something big or when we're trying to, and it doesn't even have to be big. It could just be different from what you've, what you've known or what you've done. So, you know, for me, I know what's helpful for me with that, but I'd love to, I'd love to hear from your perspective, especially, you know, like what you just said right there, like you were doing this, you had this opportunity and you had this band and it was five of you. And then this, the two of them, you said left and it just, and then you're like, oh, they're kidding. Cause I feel like when you hear something like that, you know, when you're super excited about this thing that's coming up and it's about to happen. And then people are like, oh, I'm out or I'm backing out. You're like, no, you're like, what? You know, you're kidding. And then, it, and then it's real. And you're like, wow. And then it just starts to like hit you where you're like, this was something that we all worked towards. We all worked hard for, we're very excited about, we're looking forward to this. And now you're just going to leave and abandon me. And then now how is that going to be perceived by people who are fans of the band or people who are, who are coming to the show? Now it's like, where are the other two people who are in this band? What's going on with that? So I'd love to hear from you, you know, when people don't respond or react to the way, you know, like if you're writing a book or something and you're really, and you release it, right. You goes a lot live launches And you feel like in your mind, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, like this is my story. It's so real. It's so raw. It's so vulnerable. So personal. So many people are going to connect and then you do it. And then it's not what you thought it would be. Maybe you thought, oh, everyone's going to, you know, be so excited. And, you know, everyone's everyone I know is going to get it, you know, everybody. And then it doesn't happen that way. So I would love to hear from you, like when stuff like that does happen, what is the most helpful for you in terms of overcoming that or moving forward from moments like that? Oh, great, great setup on that too. That This happens so often. So I, I definitely want to acknowledge that. It's, again, coming back to personal example here, I'll, I'll go into the, into the fitness side of things. Um, for anybody looking at, again, looking at goal setting, a lot of us want to, maybe we're not in the, the best shape, especially coming out of this, uh, this lockdown. We're not in the best shape, whether that's an aesthetic thing or we can't go for the runs that we want as, as much because we've just been locked down. We haven't had the motivation. We've been feeling the depression of, of being isolated. So one of the things that I've really started to see is people, you know, they, they get defeated because they're, they're out from where they used to be and they have this expectation that they were where they were two years ago and that's complete bullshit right we we have this word called should and we should talk ourselves all the fucking time it's we talk to ourselves like shit comparative to anybody else around us and that's where it starts when you're when you're looking at what should happen and what should happen, that's because you're basing it off of what's happened in the past. So what if your relationship with the gym, your relationship with all of this doesn't, it's not necessarily right in the here and now on what social media tells you. It's what it's more interesting when we look at what if it has something to do with way back when you were a kid, you were, uh, outside playing in the park and you got in trouble because you stayed out late. Your parents wanted you home at a certain time and you got in trouble because you were playing with your friends later than you were supposed to. Do you think that stays in your head? Now, the science behind it is the, the brain has like a bouncer, okay? He lets in 
all the all the things that you want he he keeps the things out that you don't it's like a it's a natural um editing system for your for your brain because if your brain were to take in all of the sensory information in this moment in time your brain would explode okay mm -hmm. so it's called the reticular activating system so when you focus on you're set up into a situation let's use the book you're going to write a book and you're going to release it and then the minute that you release that book it's not what you think it was. It's because your brain is hardwired to look for the things that it's not, right? Mm -hmm. That's where yeah. our reticular activating system. And, and for those of you that want to really have this in good context, have you ever thought like you're in the market for a new car and you want a Volkswagen Golf? Now everybody's going to see a Volkswagen Golf, guarantee that. And <laughs> leading up to this, you're looking every night, looking on Craigslist, you're looking at the dealers, you're looking for this Volks. And then every time you go outside, all you see is golfs. Yeah, that's because your brain, it's not that there are more golfs in the world. It's that your brain is now programmed to pick up what it needs. And that's a golf right now. You're telling it, I want to see the golf. I want to bring it in to realization. So to wrap this up in a nice little bow, when you think about your release, and you start what I was talking about with the what ifs, if you start what ifing all the catastrophes, what if people don't like it? What if I put this out there and nobody likes, you're going to see it guaranteed. So you're actually in complete control of how your response is. That, that's one of the only two things that you can control is how you think and then how you respond to those thoughts. So what I do in that situation, and we'll come back into the gym, is that if I'm, if I'm not at a place and you know, I've got this story that, you know, I'm, I'm not able to work out because like for fear of, honestly, as a six year old, if, if you're coming back and you're late and you get yelled at, you're not going to do that again. And that's going to stick with you until you address it. So I write down all of those things. I, I go for a 45 minute walk every day with my dog tech free. I sound like a weirdo, right? No, it's, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. It, it's called the 45er. So this is the best thing that you can possibly do to clear your thoughts of all those stories is get out into nature if possible. Take no phone, no headphones, no nothing. Go with a partner, go with your animal, go with like your, your fur friends, whatever. <laughs> go out and get into nature because you're, you're going to downregulate yourself and you're going to let clarity kick in. Okay. And then you're going to what if you're going to come back in, you're going to grab a journal. You're going to write for 15 minutes straight. Don't pass go, don't collect $200, go straight to the journal, write this stuff down. Because whatever comes out, that's where that creative flow comes down. And then you can get away from being so present in that story of, well, what if they don't like my book? What if, mm -hmm. what if I don't get back into the gym and I can't run like I used to? Well, of course, you, you're likely not going to. Now you have an opportunity to work back and, and work on the skills that you have had an opportunity. We can reflect on all the things that we have had. Maybe we've had more personal time to connect with our friends. I know Zoom's not great, but man, it's connected me with so many people. Right. So I look at I look at those things and, and try to get the positives out of it so that I can focus my reticular activating system on all the positive wins so I can keep on channeling that to keep on building that snowball up to the top of the mountain to then when when it's time. Whew, I love that. Right. Yeah. It's all butter. I I love that. And I love how you put such an emphasis on getting the positives out of situations, because I feel like for me that right there, what you said is probably one of the most powerful things. Cause I know looking at myself years ago, how I used to be, you know, if I bring, if I look at that, how I was, I focused 
so heavily on the negative and on what could go wrong to the point where I made it go wrong. Cause I are in my head, I already said, this isn't going to work. I don't know what I'm doing. No one's going to take me serious. No one cares. You sound annoying. And it's like, and you, what you said earlier was also so true. Like how you said we are the way that we speak to ourselves is oftentimes way more cruel and harsh than what we would actually say to another person. Mm -hmm. So to us, like I, I even this, I feel like this comes up in a lot of episodes is the way that we treat ourselves compared to how we treat other people is often a lot harder. So I would love to like ask you about this. Cause I love how you also bring up the journaling thing too, and just getting out and doing that 45 minute walk, you know, without your phone, without your he- music headphones, just being out in nature, being present, walking around and being in the moment. Cause I know for me in the past, that was really hard for me to do. Cause I was always the kind of person who was just go, go do this on my phone all the time. I'll always have my phone in my hand all the time. I'm always scrolling through social media, emails, whatever. And I was never in the moment ever really, because I was so focused on what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen next month. What's going to happen, you know, with this class that I'm taking, am I going to pass this or whatever? And Mm -hmm. it's like, and I, um, it was almost to the point where like, I could not just sit there and meditate. Cause I, I just couldn't con- I was going, going, going. And I'm like, I feel like what you said is so helpful because if you are able to do that and you're able to make that, I mean, not even like part of your daily routine, but if you can do it a few times a week, like get out and just, even if it's not 45 minutes, just do like a five minute, 10 minute walk, but not right now in Arizona. Cause it's so hot. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe right. if you go like 5am, that's, that's a good one. But I mean, <laughs> even like what you said about journaling, like I can tell you, like, you guys already know this. Like, I feel like I talk about this a lot, but journaling has literally save my life because I, cause when you have that, you can get your thoughts down on paper and then you can look back and gain awareness on why was I in that m- mood or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. why was I so upset? Why was I so hurt? Why was I so angry or whatever you're feeling? You can understand those feelings better because you write, you just put it all down. You just write for 15 minutes, get it out, put it on paper. And then that helps you analyze and say, Oh my gosh, okay. This is why I reacted this way because when you talk about, you know, you, you brought up the things that we can control is we can, we can control how we think and how we respond. So I would love to ask you like, what, what has worked for you in terms of moving more towards positive thinking? Because if, cause we can control that. Right. And I feel like sometimes we get, we can get in this funk or in this zone where we feel like we can't, you know, like we have these thoughts that seem intrusive and it's constantly on repeat, repeat, like, whether it's about how you look physically or where you are in your life or career or in comparison to someone on social media or whatever it is, we can get in these, these zones where it's almost like we feel like we can't control these thoughts, but we can. So I would love to ask you like, what has been helpful for you in terms of transitioning away from those doubtful overwhelming and negative thoughts to ones that are more positive and uplifting to really help you with momentum and all the things that you're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, there's so much there that you said it great. We're, we're often in this hustle, hustle, hustle mentality, right? There's this hustle culture, especially amongst young entrepreneurs. 
and I know I know your audience being a, being a listener too that we can we can share in this, and oftentimes you alluded to it, is that we spend time doing 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 rather than being. And being is so important. And one really simple strategy, again, coupled with the writing piece, writing, like, as the creator of the music fit method, we combine um, movement with language, and the glue between is breath. So when you write down, and you put that story down on paper, it can be journaling. And, and here's the thing with journaling, we get hung up on Oh, well, I'm, I'm doing good. That's even more a reason to journal because when you're not, you can come back to it and see what the hell you were doing to get into that space and you can reenact it. You know, the beautiful thing with visualization and imagery, which is another huge piece of the music fit method is you can rep it out. You can visualize the most ideal situation as many times as you want so that when it comes to fruition, you got this shit down. The late, great Kobe Bryant was famous for this right? Brilliant ball player. And he, he would visualize and he would put the reps in, in his brain first. And then any play that came up on the court, he was ready for it. You can do the exact same thing if you write shit down and visualize. So one thing that we tend to do with that in note is that we think this is a great example. Ah, you know, I, I need to go get a haircut. Okay, man, I got to get groceries. I have to finish my book. Those three words kill us. They're pressure language. Okay. Here's one simple way. If you guys are currently putting together to-do lists, good, great. Add one word, get, get to-do list. Because when you go, we can play a little game on this too. I Like everybody listening, Paris, if you want to play along too. This is yeah. Yeah. Grab, I call it the magic wand. Grab your pen and, uh, and your spell book, piece of paper. <laughs> Okay, we're going to do a little crafting of spells here. Okay, with words, with my word, I can create magic. Okay, you can create magic. Write down, pick your favorite word. If you like need, which one do you use? If you're a listener out there, what one do you find yourself? Think, take a moment, think, what word do you use a lot? Oh, I got to go get my, oh, I got to, I have to finish, have to go to work. Oh, fuck, is that one popular? I have to go to work today. <gasps> do you? Mm -hmm. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I get to go to work. Watch. Okay. So write, write down your statement and Paris, if you're playing along, write it down. Something that's relevant to right now. This is like super applicable stuff. Okay. So something that you got to do this week and then read it out loud. Okay. So I wrote I need to build my course. Perfect. And how do you feel when you read that out loud? I love this exercise so it's much because it? it's so fun. Okay. Cause I love how you t talk about that transition of get to instead mm. of need to, cause when you use transit, so watch like I need to build my course and then I get to build my course because I love that so much because when you actually think about things you get to do, right? We think of things we get to do that are fun. We like them. There. We enjoy yes. them. And so, yeah. <laughs> how, how much more inclined are you to do something that like, I go back to watch, study kids and animals for a day and you get it like that. Mm -hmm. One of the short stories I wrote was literally called The Playground. 
And for anybody that's interested in that, I'll, you know, connect me with, with through the show and we'll make sure you get that because it puts into perspective how if we just went back to the time when we were kids, everything would be jelly. Like you'd be like, oh yeah, this is so much fun because when you get to go to work, you're excited to be around the people and excited to perform and excited to change people's lives. Mm-hmm. I, I ha- I've never negation acknowledge I, I just don't go to work to like, oh, you know, it's just, I choose not to do those things. I eliminate them from my life and mm-hmm. I eliminate people from my life that bring me down that way. So when you like in comparison, what's, what's the feeling just for listeners, like your experience, when you read just that first statement, I have to, you know, what, what is that sensation? So I feel like the difference between them is when I love that, how you say, so when I, when I frame it in the way of, I need to do this, it's almost like you don't want to, cause you, it's like, but at the same time, it's like, you need to, but you really don't need to. So it's like, if you're saying, oh, I need to do this. I need to go to the grocery store. I have to go get gas in my car. I have, and it's like, it's, it's like a. I don't know what it is. It's almost like a, I feel like I always go to like negative connotation because I can't think of a better word, but it's like, go for it when you do that. And I feel like, like the example you just gave of going to work. So I remember when I was younger, my dad would have take your daughter to work day. And I thought it was so cool. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. I get to go to your office. Like I get to like sit in these chairs and meet all these cool people and like, all the other awesome lawyers. I'm like, this is so cool. I'm like, I thought I like, mm-hmm. you have the coolest job in the world. I will. I loved it. And I feel like when you think about it, kids, they think everything is awesome and cool. And like, that's what I think is so beautiful is you could, you could have a job that you hate yourself. Like you're like, mm-hmm. I have this job. I hate it. I don't like what I do. I don't like my boss. I don't like you know, the hours I work, I don't like this or whatever. It goes into this thing. And then you have a kid who's like, that's, you know, like, oh, you do that. Oh, you get your own desk. Oh, you get to have a phone. And oh my gosh, like they think it's cool. They're like, you get to, you're an adult, you know, like you're in, you're in charge of your life or whatever. They think it's so cool. So I feel like when you frame that as I get to do this, like I get to go to work with my dad today and see his job or whatever he's doing, or I get to write this book. I get to build this course. Cause we really do. We get, we get the opportunity to do these things. That's a better way to frame it instead of, cause Jeez. I feel like for me, when I, cause that's what I'm going to work on today. I'm going to go back and work on this today. Cause I'm building a course and I'm outlining it and doing all these things. And, and I feel like what gets in the way of that is me sitting here and making a list and being like, all right, well, I have to go upload this episode. I have to get off this when we're done and go edit it, do it all, whatever, put it up and get it ready to go. And I, I would use those things as like a, an excuse for why I haven't done this thing that I've been saying I've been, I, I'm going to do for like, you know, couple, like a week or two weeks or a month or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I'm getting this done. Well, I did the episode. I made my bed today. I made avocado toast. Like, look at that. It's like, we, we do all these things where we tell ourselves we're, and I feel like it's the to-do list thing. I love how you'd say, change that to a get, get to, I get to do these things because then that makes you excited and it changes that perception in your mind from, Oh, I it's like, it's, it's changing it from work to, to fun. It's making the work that you need to do fun. Quite literally when you can say, when you go to the workplace, I go to the playground. It's the exact same thing. 
Yeah. My, my workplace is what you can see right here. This is my playground or the gym or the studio where I, where I play my drums, right? Like that makes such a difference. And you said some really cool things I want to touch on is it's all about perspective. And when you bring in the, we, we, generally we see problems. We, we, again, coming back to the negative, we we focus in on all the things that could go wrong. There are problems in our life. Anytime you see that problem, another drill you can do is write down, what's your biggest problem in life right now? Write that down. Then uh, it, write it down in a statement like, I got a real problem with insert here. Okay. For me, I got a real problem with authority. I do. I really do. I'm a pirate. I'm a gangster fucking pirate. Me too. I right? do. I I you know and then you cross out the word problem insert or replace with opportunity I got a real opportunity with authority mm -hmm. Woo! look out and then you start what ifing what if or you write down all your options such as Paris what what problem did you have and then okay now you've got an opportunity cool what opportunities do you have with that former problem and you just oh, go all awesome things right like again it brings you back to the playground and this is the this is how we get past our roadblocks i do keynotes on this shit. it's like the mind it's mind-blowing because it's so simple right it's like oh yeah shit. for a creative out there i got a real problem with deadlines i got a real here's a better one too you can add another word in there golden opportunity. I got a real golden opportunity with deadlines. I can get my fucking shit together, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. I can <laughs> I can deliver when I say I do and I can extremely own it. I can I can own my decisions because I'm in charge. I am no longer a passenger in my own life. Now, I want to bring uh, a highlight to another point you made too because you said need we use that word all the time. And now I'm borrowing from a uh, co-founder and dear friend of mine, co-founder of uh, Inlifted, Adam Chin, made this great point to me one day, said, need could be split to desire or require because I need a coffee is common, right? I need an ambulance is also common. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Are they on the same level? Fuck no. You can't, you can't put the two in the, I require an ambulance. I desire a coffee, big difference. Yeah. And that that's being more accurate. It's not truthful. It, it may be truthful that you feel that you need a coffee at this moment in time. However, it's not accurate. You don't need it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Language fucks us up. And that's our biggest objection to, uh, or our biggest obstacle, sorry, not, uh, not objection. Our biggest obstacle to getting what we want is us <laughs> and the way that we speak and just the stories that are ingrained with us. I mean, as a, as a movement coach, as a, as a health practitioner, that's the foundation. People come to me thinking they got to get on the best diet and they've got to get exercising more. And I'm like, well, yes, it's, uh, that's, that's truthful. However, if you've got some sort of identity issue, why you're not eating the food that you should be eating, because when you were a kid, your parents would take you into town and your treat meal was cheeseburgers and McDonald's. That's what it was for me. I'm guaranteeing this. We went on family vacation. I can tell you like straight up, we went on family vacation and it was our treat meal to stop at McDonald's on the way to uh, the campground. Yeah, me too. That right? was all, that was what we would eat all the time. Yeah. So you're programmed to think that that is a reward. Mm -hmm. Cool. It can be. 
However, we have the, the challenge is it's subconscious. We're unconscious to it. We don't even realize it. So when we get into dire straits or when we get paid, what is our natural go-to knee-jerk reaction? McDonald's. Do you think that the more you get rewarded, the more you'll go to McDonald's if you never address that story? Mm -hmm. nope. Wow. Right? Isn't that profound? So yeah. nutrition, I look at I look at when somebody's coming to me like, I just can't stick with a diet. I was like, okay, cool. We don't even talk about diet for the first four weeks. We talk about their story. We talk about, okay, I cool. love that. What was food? What was food like when you were a kid? Because that's a roadblock to most creatives because we live in high intensity. We've got no time, no time, no time. So you know what else was no time? Drive-throughs. So as a kid, did you go through the drive-thru and mom and dad didn't have any time to cook meals? Yeah. So is that ingrained? Yeah. Fuck. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault, dudes. I know. That's, I, I love that. Right? That's so amazing you bring that up because that is so true. Like the, especially when you're talking about just everything in general, when especially when it's when it's like coming to dieting or creating something or doing a task, doing a job, doing these things, and just like trying to get past these blocks. But also I love how you also bring up the awareness of those blocks. And then the fact that once you gain the awareness, okay. So I love those examples. If you give really good examples, because I feel like I'm a, I'm the kind of person where examples help me learn things better instead of just listening to people talk about things. I, I want to yeah. like, how can I relate this to like real life? So I would love to ask you, that brings me to the final question. I love to ask everybody this, and I'm not going to, I'm just going to say it and you can interpret it however you want. And I cannot wait to see what you say and what your answer is, but what are you currently doing right now in this moment to master your mental? I love that. <laughs> well, Paris, I'm going to, I'm going to set this one up. If this is the last question here, I have a, I have a typical policy of smoke bombing. I'm okay. Leaving with, I'm leaving with some, <laughs> some gold. Okay. So I'm going to share a story with you. Um, we're going to go back. We're going to rewind it back to May 9th, 2020, just over a year ago. Okay. That was the day that I almost died. What? So the, yeah, I know, right? But wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was struck by a car while I was on my bicycle, just minutes away from my final destination ironically enough to sell that exact bicycle in Melbourne, Australia, downtown. I was making a right and out of nowhere, 40 kilometers an hour, I got smoked by I, another irony piece, a Dodge journey. Wow. I didn't, I didn't dodge it. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> Instead, my gosh. like a good old Canadian kid, I dropped my shoulder, put my shoulder into it and had just enough time to, to somewhat protect myself. So, I remember laying on the pavement and just being flooded with this intense heat. Okay. My whole left side is just, I'm like terrified to move. And I hear the sirens come in and paramedics get on the scene. What it felt like forever. They were probably here in like minutes, right? Yeah. I'm just laying still. And I remember them like, stay calm, just stay still, stay calm. And I'm doing all that and it hurts to breathe, but I find myself laughing. Now, anybody who's familiar with the band Pearl Jam, I'm literally wearing this alive shirt and I'm sitting there and like this, the song lyrics are coming into my head and I'm sitting there going like, well, fuck, I'm, I'm still alive. I'm laughing. I'm, I just got smoked by a fucking car and I'm laughing wow. on the pavement and just having, having a good, good little giggle. Right. Yeah. And 
I remember, you know, we get into the hospital and things check out. I walk out of the fucking hospital that night. Now, the doctor, in true Australian comedic fashion, once he realizes I'm well-humored and everything, he goes, good thing you weren't wearing your other shirt, mate. I'm wearing a shirt that says alive. I'm literally wearing this same shirt. Wow. He's like, good thing you wear it. I'm like, ah, funny guy. Okay. And then the next day it's Mother's Day 2020. And I, I wake up that day going, holy fuck, I've got a whole nother chance. And I, I had this big reflection piece. I was, I was sitting on an album. I had so many songs that I, for whatever reason in my head, I, I had the imposter syndrome that I was just a drummer. I wasn't a, I wasn't a full-fledged musician. I couldn't produce my own music and everything. And I, I was like, come on, wait a minute. I've been doing this all the time. Check. Okay, cool. So I've been sitting on this album. I was in an absolutely horrendous relationship. Toxic as shit. Like the worst of the worst. Family violence, you name it. Everything. Up and down, right? Abusive relationship. I was sitting in that because, well, somebody loves me, mm -hmm. right? I'll take all this abuse because I'll, uh, you know, at least I get attention. Okay. And I had this dream of starting what's now the music fit collective. I wanted to bring self care and self agency to the music industry. That's been my lifelong mission. I've been sitting on it. I've been sitting going like, Oh no, no, no. So when I got fucking torched by this car, it took me a 40 kilometer slap in the face and I hope it doesn't take everybody that, but it took me that to wake up and realize that, I had two choices in here, you know, one, I can think my thoughts, like I mentioned before, and then I'm able to choose and decide. And if you want the key to success and the key to your own life, it's the ability to decide. So if there's anybody out there and we'll wrap this up, if there's anybody out there who's sitting on things, waiting for permission from somebody else to do what they want to do. And that could be finish the book that could be write the song creative it could be even just getting out of a relationship or getting into a new career or into a new relationship you want to explore love you want you're sitting on the fence because you've been hurt before you're waiting for somebody else's permission do the work realize you got two options and remember the latin phrase memento mori which means remember we all have to die and for me no it sounds dark and bleak However, that was the moment, unfortunately, where I almost died that I put into peace all of this stuff that's like, wow, we got a real chance here. So if you're sitting on something, waiting for somebody else's permission, get up off your ass, go listen to some Pearl Jam, and remember that you're still alive. All right, guys, that was the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to become a guest or share your thoughts, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email at hello at masteringmental.com or you can DM me on Instagram at masteryourmental where you can also find a link in my bio that you can use to find me on all of my other social media platforms. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to the Master Your Mental podcast. Have a good one, guys. Bye.